0: You're listening to Impact is Own, your home for the latest news, analysis, and opinions on Michigan State men's basketball with your hosts, Trent Valley, Luke Sloan, and Brendan Shabath.
1: Welcome back. Impact is Own, first episode of 2022, and we're all back. All three of us are in the studio. To quote Trent, we're ready to roll.
0: Ready to roll.
1: You know, over winter break, Brendan's here as well. Impact is on, of course. We were texting back and forth, and we were making Rothstein-isms for ourselves. And it was me who came up with Trent's, and it was just Trent Bally, ready to roll. And that's perfect. I was
0: feeling happy when I texted you guys. I forget what the first one was. I think it was... It was about
1: Christmas. It was Christmas-related. It was Christmas-related. But mine yeah. for
0: Brendan was like something about the perfect mix between street smart and book smart. It, I yeah. think it was
1: exactly that. I think that's what it was. But I
0: I, 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 give me some time here to come up with something a little more crisp. Right. But we have to have rostinisms for everybody we going forward. Shirts. Anyways,
1: yeah, we have Trent's nailed down. Yeah, ready to roll. Ready to roll. We're ready. Yeah, we're ready Shirts.
2: To if I can interrupt real quick, yes. I see your Michigan yes. Panthers shirt here.
1: I'm looking fly. I got the Michigan Panthers shirt for my father for Christmas. 1983 USFL champs. They're my yeah. favorite USFL team. <laughs> coming back, <laughs> coming very soon. We might have to like continue the podcast into the USFL yeah, season. Start Dude, a USFL maybe, podcast. Let's get,
0: let's get beat coverage. Cover there, the yeah. team.
1: They'll be playing at uh, Ryan Earson Stadium at Eastern Michigan. That's, that's, that's my is that hopeful, announced? The that's announced, my or... hopeful prediction. Okay. I wish I could announce something well,
0: like I that. Well, I saw something that the USFL this year is going to be all in one location.
1: Oh, so oh, this will be 2023. Be so they'll be, be playing it'll be, Ipsy. yeah. either yeah. way. Hey, happy twenty twenty two. It's officially a yeah. happy new year. So yes. obviously resolutions abound. But also Merry Christmas, because the last episode we did was before Christmas. So it's also we checked all the holidays off Christmas, New Year's, checkety check. So obviously, this is the first episode of Izzone we've done since I think December 14th. So did we have a good break? Uh, yes. mine was fantastic.
0: Yeah, great break. No complaints. Kind of slowed life down a little bit. I worked, made some money, and here Always we are, good. ready to roll.
2: Yeah, very uh, relaxing. It was nice to watch Michigan State pick up some wins, too, which we'll talk about. But, yeah, all in all, 10 out of 10.
1: Saw the family plenty. Lots yep, of good yes. relaxing. Yep. So we'll stay on Christmas, though. And we, well, we have to. We the, the gifts are gathered under the tree. The stockings are hung with care, hopes that St. Nicholas soon will be there. We're going wow. <laughs> to we're going di- to we're going to display each one of ours favorite Christmas gift. I have like seven that I put on here. You yeah. Guys also, each if, one. if you're
0: listening to this and you don't care, then you're a Grinch and you can skip through. Who cares? Yeah, but we're yeah. going to talk gonna about gonna our, talk our favorite about Christmas, Christmas
1: gifts. This is what we do. Basketball yeah. is only part time. Brendan, we'll start with you. What was your favorite christmas gift this beautiful holiday season
2: well the one that you put in for me that was that was a pretty much given is uh i i would say co-own half co-own a new uh little feline animal named bill bill the cat he uh he's a little tabby cat nine years old uh my girlfriend and i picked him up at the ingham county uh animal shelter and uh he's he's loving life he's uh He's a real goofball, as you mentioned. Yeah, when this morning he was he,
1: trying to eat the shades. Yeah, he was so. eating, eating the blinds for breakfast instead of <laughs> his Bill regular the cat. food. So, Bill, <laughs> the is cat. so bizarre. Yeah. Bill the Cat is the mascot because, you know, every good team has a live mascot. Like Georgia last night won the national championship. They have Uga. Impact Zone has Bill. Yeah. Bill is our live <laughs> Bill. mascot. Welcome yeah. To- if, I don't know if the station bars, pe- like, pets or not. So, you know, maybe we'll, well bring Bill in. Well, they're going to have to let Bill in. We can bring Bill on potentially a men's basketball beat trip. We'll sneak him in. Yeah. So we'll figure out a we way. We can get Bill on a plane. Yeah. That might be a little bit tough. All right. I'll 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 go second. My my prize possession from Christmas was a beautiful blue Cade Cunningham jersey. Great. Detroit's own. Gorgeous. Well, not really Detroit's own, but we're claiming him as our own. He's our own. He's Detroit's own. 29 points last 29. night. and went win over the Jazz. Career high. 22-point comeback win. Dude, he was
0: working, too. I mean, I caught some of the second half, and yeah. he, was, Sadiq he was working, was Sadiq 29, man. too. He's playing
1: well. Balling. They played pretty well. Sadiq. Anyways, that's that's submission number one. I have, like, nine things on here, but I don't want to hog up all the time. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: What's your favorite Christmas gift slash Sloan puts his <laughs> entire
1: haul in the... Everything uh... that was under the yeah, tree. Yeah, <laughs> I basically just listed it all. Well Trent can go next, though, and then Mine's... we can we can list, like, honorable mentions, and that's when I'll, like, read my whole list off. I have it in paper over here.
0: Mine is boring. It's just I got a, new, I got a book by Nikki Six, my favorite guitar player. Well, a bass player, whatever. I always want to say, like, guitar, but then I forget that people probably think that if I say that, that means that I can just you know, sit down and like play every song on an acoustic that's just not it. I play the bass, which is completely different. Whatever. So I got uh his book and it's been fun. And my New Year's resolution is to both get better at bass and read more. So it's two birds with one stone. That's perfect. I'm enjoying it.
1: Santa Claus knew that was gonna be your resolution. Yes I I have a couple of honorable mentions. Love Santa I'll flip through my I got my list out here. Yeah. There go through in front of the microphone sound effects so i got a gruff sparty mini football helmet the ones that they wore against western kentucky yeah it's on my desk right now it looks fantastic also got a new fitted detroit tigers cap very Dude, nice gift you
0: could well. never go
1: wrong with one of those yeah I, Ever. I, I filled in bill the cat for you brendan so i yeah. think you deserve one more christmas gift just this because is, i took it away from you this is one that i really like and you guys
2: are gonna like i picked it on myself i didn't open it on christmas because i had to go get Fitted for it, ooh! Brand new sharkskin blue suit. That's great. wow! Yeah. You know, very nice. When was, are you going to debut that? I well, we were hoping How about to M- Minnesota. Yeah, that's that's looking like the plan. We were hoping to do it uh, down there in A two, but I wasn't actually because I got fitted during break and then had to come back before it was actually tailored. So Makes my sense. mom had to pick it up, bring it up with my sister. So I probably wasn't even going to get to wear it for Michigan anyways because they were coming up that day and right. you and I were going to have to leave really early. So uh, it looks like Minnesota. And I got a couple new ties to go with it too. I think I got four new ties in the month of December. A couple for
1: birthday, a couple for Christmas. It's so. a tie connoisseur. Someone yeah. is ready yeah. for
0: a March Madness run. Yes.
1: Yeah. See, this is perfect though. You knew that we would love the gift and we do because oh. it's practical. I love to with us to the game.
2: Yeah, and also a surprise gift from my mom that I didn't know was coming is a black overcoat. So hey, now, we're gonna be matching. Yeah, you guys are the overcoat gods.
1: Yeah. overcoat yeah. is it's perfect because what are so you, professional? What are you supposed so to wear with a suit?
2: Looks very classy. You can't wear
1: yeah. like a normal I keep, winter. Coat. I keep wearing
2: my Nike puffer jacket, or I look like a fool.
1: No, you, no, you've you fantastic. The, the puffer jacket <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it keeps you warm. It's, it's brutal out there.
0: Meanwhile, I'm just braving the storm right. wearing like a sweater and nothing else, <laughs> like an idiot.
1: We'll, in we'll, Detroit,
2: the button down. It was
1: like zero degrees it's last night. It's very cold. Terrible. Yeah. Horrible. We'll get into New Year's resolutions, though, second and final holiday that we missed over break. I'll start with mine, because I think that I have a thought that, Brendan, you may kind of be on the train with this, and that's getting up earlier in the morning. 1, I think that 000%. you and I are the resident sleepers, inners. Like, yeah. Do, 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 do oh, you I, sleep in a lot? Yes,
0: uh, but I also I can be a morning person if I am – like if I have something to get up for, yeah. Okay. If I if I have to get up at seven, I'll wake up at six and then like get ready. If
2: that makes sense. Pour the coffee. I usually don't have a on. hard time
0: waking up, but I am not a morning person by nature. I
2: say that. Can't tell you how many times, oh, I forget what time it was. I think it was a ten twenty I had last semester. Um, in arts side, I can't tell you how many times I woke up for that ten twenty class at ten o five.
1: You know, you don't live that far away
2: from Com Arts, though. right? But, so that's but not it's, too it's bad. like it's, Throw on the sweatpants, ready to roll. It's the principle of it, you know. And and w- I woke up at ten o five, but if I didn't have class, I would have woken up at two o five. So yeah. yeah, I am on that train with you as well about. Having to fix the sleep schedule that I've ingrained over the past six years. Just have more productive days. Become become
1: an adult. I think it's about time. That's what I've... My New Year's res— you know—the unfortunate thing is that getting up earlier has been a New Year's resolution of mine for about three years. So
0: (laughs) it's probably one of the most common ones that, and like, work out more, going to the gym. It's funny
1: you say that because my other resolution is I'm going to try to like get into running again. Because like, I used to be like one of the running people back in high school. Like, they're kind of crazy now. It's like you run out in the cold. It's like, what are you doing? That was you. I used to be that guy. So, but now I'm kind of like was good like it was a nice like work and running balance and like you the dopamine rush you know not exercise high i'm gonna try to bring that back
2: i gotta ask there's a lot of you know the runners that you mentioned a lot of those within that group have different uh outfits that that what's your go-to running outfit no matter the weather
1: oh man that's not not definitely nike shorts got my nike shorts i have i have a pretty nice pair of running shoes like, are they Nikes from the high school day? Do they wear, are Nikes. Do you wear like
2: do you wear like the socks up to your knees? Do you wear the ankle socks, the no shows? Usually, you I wore
1: usually I wore kind of like a basketball sock, like, like a, I don't like think, a mid calf. Yeah, like a mid calf, like a basketball sock, um, like when I like when I ran like track meets and stuff. And then honestly, like when I would just go running, I'd throw on like a random shirt. Like you can probably see me running in this Michigan yeah. Panthers shirt. Hopefully, in a month, if this resolution goes okay, go but Panthers. One thing is for certain though. I'm not going to be one of those crazy people that runs outside in weather like this. That's that's not going to happen. Well, do that. I treadmill. Like I've
0: I've tried it before and I've like done it before years ago. It like hurts your lungs. Yeah. Like it it like you, you it. I can't even yeah. describe it. There's a stinging sensation in your chest. It's like why am I doing? Yeah. Find a treadmill.
2: That's a sign that, that I, running outside just is bad. I forget what. Two rappers I read this about. It might have been Tupac and somebody, but it was two like older age rappers, eighties or nineties or something like that, that what they used to do together is they would go for runs and practice rapping breath while control. running. Yeah, so they okay. could so they could rap for longer and work on breath control and stuff. We might have to do so that, imagine, like imagine doing that. We just run and, and don't even say anything. Yeah.
1: See, that's yeah. not a bad call for the business we're going into—either podcasting, yeah. radio, broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. An exciting play—you got to be able to talk. We might have to like go on a run before Minnesota tomorrow or something. <laughs> All right, we'll run. Trent, you already kind of put your first one reading in base, but I see you have an additional one as well, which is kind of sentimental because we are in, in the last semester here.
0: I actually, I don't even have. I think you're reading that other one. I was
1: gonna say I. I don't that's know. Brent. I'll,
0: mine is well, just reading and base. You had all.
1: grad. You put graduate as well. Oh oh so oh you, oh. You had that one. Oh sorry. I see. Last semester, um, man. This is yeah, it.
0: I mean, my New Year's resolution is to graduate. I have somewhat of a strenuous yeah. schedule, so I got to make sure I just figure it out and get it done.
1: Yeah. We're gonna be fine. I don't want to be I one of those chumps that good.
0: like walks oh. in May but then officially graduates in August. I don't right. want to be we're that gonna guy.
1: Be, We're gonna be in great shape. We're student journalists. We better we're, be. We're gonna be on the road plenty. Shout out Champaign, Illinois, here in about two weeks. We're going to be in attendance for that one. So, but hey, the the work-life journalism balance is going to be—we're going to strike that. That's a group resolution. What do you got, Brendan? Uh, in the table of contents of the Book of
2: Life, this would kind of be in the same section as getting up early— uh i purchased today for the first time since high school a planner this All is a right. great this is a and great one because
0: i tried this last semester and it worked for dude, two weeks dude i i know <laughs> yeah, i know and that's, a, that's
2: the thing is i've done everything under the sun i've done the reminders app i've done the calendar on my phone the calendar on my computer i've done the whiteboard calendar i've done the, the sticky notes on my computer i've done Love everything you know we and, went over this and i'm the exact same way two weeks really good about it and then and then I forget about it. So I'm It's easy to do, yeah. And and I have a pretty negative connotation with planners, so this might not really work because my mom always kept trying to get me to use them in middle school and then in high school they force fed them to us. You had to purchase a planner at the start of the year. I loved and, my planner. I and used they, the hell out of that thing. Yeah, they tried to get us to use it and I was I never used it but hopefully and, and going along with that is I've been late to a lot of stuff and have missed deadlines. I already missed one class this semester and we're in the third day or second day right now. Third day by the time you're listening <laughs> to this. To be this. fair, so,
1: the national championship game was last night so come on, we were enjoying right, ourselves. Right. Hey, but You have to. Sports. But
2: so hopefully the planner and the use of it will help me meet deadlines faster and not be late to stuff so
1: i, f- I feel like we're all caught up here because yeah. the last time we did an episode it was you know well before the holidays we all had a fantastic winter break we got some much needed time off you know we, got, we were able to cover the oakland game which was nice a couple other games but no school which was important got to see the family so we're all caught up the holidays are done and it's officially college basketball season because the national championship was last night Football is done. By so, me. hey, basketball season is is where we're going. Oops. Full steam ahead.
2: Full, Full steam ahead. Ready and we're, in, roll. And we're in the
1: conference season for everybody. We're really excited. I mean, we saw we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday. Before the recording, we were looking at the slate of games for tonight, and it was I, fantastic. I would attest that there is
2: a watchable college basketball game probably every night from here until March 1st. Yeah, like Illinois Nebraska tonight. Uh, that's not quite... The adjective I would use for that game. I love the Big Ten, <laughs> but we do More have Big Ten ringers. We do here. have other ones tonight.
1: What, when we're in the we're going to be at the Big Ten tournament and yeah. watching the crappy Big Ten games is going to prepare us for like those first round of the Big Ten tournament matchups between like. You know Nebraska and yeah. Penn State right. on, a, on Thursday three months from now.
0: I so. can't wait to just like get out a gamer for like the uh, the most random Such game random ever. One. Just do it, right? <laughs> <Get> your <laughs> credentials defeat yeah.
1: Cornhuskers yeah. <laughs> yeah, in f- <laughs> right. Big Ten tournaments opening in round in
0: a triple
2: overtime thriller. Yeah, it's going to be A yeah. thirteen
1: verse twelve game. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to do our like game recap section of the podcast a little bit differently because we have so many games to recap. So it's going to be a little bit of a rapid fire first segment because we have oakland high points northwestern nebraska we have to recap all those and then there's of course the michigan game which did not happen so there's also some talking points that we have to do, you know get after about that
2: i'll bang this out real quick yes. win 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 duck there's your Ooh. recap Woo!
1: we have a we have a rubber duck in the studio Quack! So, quick god i'm trying to click on the link right now see this is live Podcasting. All right, there we go. I was trying to click on the link for the, the box score of the Oakland game, and it just wouldn't clink click. So, you know, once again, live radio, live podcasting. So Michigan State did come out victorious against Oakland at Little Caesars Arena, the first game that we're going to recap. This happened well before Christmas in December. 90 to 78 was the final. Michigan State was led by 17 apiece from Max Christie and Marcus Bingham Jr. Gabe Brown had 14. On two and nine three-point shooting, not not the greatest shooting night for him, but nevertheless, it's a good Oakland team and a twelve-point win for Michigan State. We don't need to spend a ton of time on these non-conference games, but just to check the boxes, we'll go back and forth about them a little bit. But hey, a twelve-point neutral-site win. Against a good team, and it was a lot of fun to be at Little Caesars Arena. It was a blast. Yeah.
0: The the biggest thing about that game, just real quick, was just that they didn't, the Spartans didn't turn the ball over, I think, to like the 12 minute mark in the first half. So, like, they kept, they took care of the ball. Christie and Brown combined for 30 plus. Bingham was exceptional defensively. Like, I think Malik Hall was great too, scoring in the first half. I think that's kind of your formula going forward.
2: Yeah. I think for me, Max too. Max had
1: that coming out party, really. Yeah, yeah. I think
2: the thing for me, too, that set out Tyson Walker, 10 points, 10 assists, 3 steals, 1 turnover. Yeah, That was a really good game for him.
1: I guess the question is, you know, kind of glossing over this game a little bit and making it, you know, look more toward the bigger picture, is Oakland going to be an NCAA tournament team? We were very impressed with them. I mean, we'll pull up the particulars here. I think you know, Jalen a... Moore had twenty-five, Jamal Cain had twenty, Micah Parrish had yeah. nineteen. But they got some guys who can fill it up. I mean, Their depth might bite them, though. That's yeah. the only
0: thing. That's my only question with them. As
1: they had, we talk they had right four now, four guys
2: in double digits and everybody else has yeah. zero.
1: Yeah, undefeated in Horizon League play right now. That's that's so what I was going to say.
2: I think the Horizon League doesn't get a at-large bid, so they've got to win it. Which you know, I think. They'll be in a good position to, but anything can happen in a conference tournament.
1: Jalen Moore was just eating during that Michigan State game. He and was he, just really like he impressive. did last year too. I think he had twenty six last year, twenty five this year. I guess the main thing we can kind of discuss, you know, before we wrap Oakland up is, you know, was this the official Max Christie coming out party? Because well, at this it has point, to be. I think with the way he's played, it has to be.
2: Well, I I think up to that point it was, but we have now had a game since that game that i would characterize as more so as his coming out party which we'll get to later but hint hint nebraska yeah <laughs> out- i
0: mean he was leading score in that game we can, yeah we'll get Could, to that in a little yes. bit like you said but for the sake of yeah the the chronological order of the season that had right. to be that was his first was his big one. really solid game on both ends he's been great defensively all year but his offense was a little underwhelming and in an, in L C A he kinda got it to click.
1: Yeah. I guess the final thought I have about Oakland, and I think you guys agree, you know, obviously this one's a little bit further back in our mind, but it was just a really, really cool atmosphere down there in Detroit. A lot of Spartans showed out. We got to we got to take home some nets. Yeah, so some beautiful we got some beautiful nets, sixteen thousand plus in attendance. I think in my opinion, I think this is something that they should continue to do every year, either with Oakland or with Detroit Mercy or with somebody making a non conference game. In Detroit, I think that'd be really cool to continue.
2: Yeah, yeah I,
1: lo- I loved
2: it, and I mean, obviously I, it was fun for us too. And I, yeah. I think too, there's enough, you know, Michigan fans obviously in yeah. the Metro Detroit area that there's not a reason they can't do something similar to hockey does, which changed this year, obviously, but in for the past 40 years or whatever, it's been the the Great Lakes Invitational, uh, down there, um, in Detroit, usually at Joe Lewis, previously at LCA, also. But yeah, I mean, I you know. Michigan State plays, like you said, Mercy and Michigan plays Oakland or Western and Central, something like that. Yeah. You know, four in state teams, Michigan and Michigan State included you've got this gorgeous back, state of the art games yeah. yeah you know i think the that'd be really beautiful cool. yeah well the thing too i think it's a good way to make money too
0: cherry on top is i mean that's tom izzo said that after the game he, he really appreciated that you know some fans don't get a chance to go to east lansing right. and they're in the metro detroit area so it's
2: just cool that and you know I mean, they're able to show out and and there were sixteen thousand, like Great you said crowd. for, for michigan state oakland like i said imagine if it's a four-team event yeah.
1: back-to-back games there's that whole arena is full you pretty cool it was an awesome crowd i mean i'm we were marveling at how loud they were after some just terrible calls by the officials. i tell you what, believe were, it or not. They were fired up. Believe it or not, it was a better crowd than the Garden. I, I would agree with that 100%. I think the second game at the Garden, yeah. you can... Which makes sense. Obviously, you know, they've traveled a little bit more yeah. to Kentucky. Kentucky schools. travels
2: really well, too. Yeah,
1: Big Blue Nation, shout out. We'll get into High Point now. Michigan State played High Point three days after Christmas. Actually, four days after Christmas on the 29th. This was right before the Peach Bowl. I had the chance to go down to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl, and it was a blast, ton of fun. But uh, Michigan State, they wrapped up the victory over high point relatively easily, 81-68, to 68, even though obviously there were some bumps along the road. There were some COVID problems for Michigan State. They were without Max Christie and Marcus Bingham Jr. for this one. But Gabe Brown scored 24 points to lead the way. Joey Hauser also played well. A double-double with 17-11. and 11. But really... I didn't get the chance to watch a ton of the high point game. Admittedly, I was traveling down to Atlanta at the time. I was Room able to catch. Bring it up, Sparty. Yeah, I, I was able to catch some some highlights and stuff, but kind of a crawl. COVID concerns, but they yeah, got the
2: job done. I think the biggest takeaway from this game for me is one that everybody has to stay healthy, especially in the starting lineup. It, it shows just how important Max Christie and Marcus Bingham Jr. really are to this team, um, because I think in the 15 games that Michigan State has played this year. And uh, what's the met 12 of them? Uh, they've held opponents under 70. High Point got 68, which is pretty close. I think with Marcus Bingham Jr. and Max Christie, this is a high point team that struggles to score 50. You know, Christie's probably guard their best player. Bingham's going to block everything inside. He's Bingham's twice as five, tall as right, anyone they got. Right. He's going to just... have five or six blocks in the game. So, I mean, it was a good win. It shows that, you know, and tough situations and pressure situations that your team can win, and that's the mark of a good team. But that's the biggest thing to me is defense is important, and everybody's got to stay healthy. This
1: high point game feeds directly into the Trent Valley theory, which is Marcus (laughs) Bingham Jr. being the MVP of this team. They did not have him. They struggled a little bit. Yeah,
0: and Bingham also didn't have a great game against Nebraska, but I just think that ultimately through this point of the season, I guess we can sort of zoom out and talk about this for a second. Who do you think has been the MVP if there is one? Because I know we've got a couple mailbag questions. Maybe we'll sit on. Let's sit on it then. I just wanted the only thing I wanted to add to the high point game was just that Joey Hauser maybe got his confidence back in that one a little bit more. Yeah, that and one was then, helpful for him. Since then, you've seen him knock down some threes and he's just played better. Played and I know you guys well. are bigger Hauser guys than I am, but when it just seems like when he's playing well, there's not much. There's there's not much room for error, I guess. Or not as not as many turnovers. You know, you get a little easier buckets, transition, that kind of thing, because he's just a pick-and-pop shooter, and he can do his thing.
2: And that's the thing, too, is people, and myself included, have noticed and taken note of his shooting improvements, but he's been passing the ball really well lately, too. Yes, and, and as that's a big man, thing. yes. That's one thing that Izzo uh, pointed out. I mean, he's only averaging two assists per game, but in that Nebraska game most recently, he had five assists, and I think he had a few
1: uh, in the high-point game as well. He'll get you eight or nine rebounds a game, too. And, you know, I guess I give... Positional rebounder. True. That is true. At the four. Below the rim rebounding. Yeah. I'll I'll give Izzo credit as well, because there were some points toward the battle for Atlantis as the season started to progress. When Malik Hall probably did outplay Joey Hauser for that spot in the starting lineup, but Izzo, for the most part, stuck with Hauser. You know, still gave him consistent minutes, albeit struck them down a little bit. But he's rolled with them and he's really starting to turn it around. I mean, this is probably a pretty good place to talk about Hauser. I mean, not only have his shooting numbers been better, but, you know, like you said, Brendan, he's been passing the ball a lot better. You know, he'll go get you eight or nine boards a game, like I mentioned. Having him back has really just been another X factor, in my opinion, for this team and why they're continuing to, you know, build on this winning streak. You know, having someone like him aboard is just going to help. Won't hurt at all.
0: Absolutely. And the Malik Hall thing, it's just. I keep hearing people calling for him to be more consistent and stuff like that, and I don't really agree. because, <laughs> And you know what, the thing is, is if you look at the box score, it, it, he's, he hasn't been consistent. He'll have games, I think he's got like three games, with 15 plus this year, and he's got a few games where he doesn't even score five. But it's just, he is the epitome of he will do what must be done and what has to be done and what's asked of him and what he needs to do to get a win on any given night. He's such a Swiss Army knife in that aspect on both sides of the floor. He's not great at any one thing, but he's also not bad at anything
2: at all. He's very average at everything and above average at some things. And I think a lot of people forget that consistency doesn't mean averaging a certain number that's, I guess that's game. what I'm saying. Like, It's right. not like it needs to be a finite he, number every game. He's shooting 62% from the field this season. He's playing great. 69% in the last six games. Yeah, and, and it comes... 70% from the floor. It comes when they need it, too. Like, yeah. you look at that Nebraska game. The he Spartans turned are, it on in the second half. They turn it buckets.
0: over 11 times in 21 possessions, and then Malik Hall comes in there and starts the game 6-for-6, six six, finally misses a shot later. I think he started 7-for-7, seven seven, and then he finally missed one. Yeah. So it's just... That kind of stuff to me means more than a consistent ten and five.
1: And, and I, mean, I, I don't want to hear about that consistency either, because yeah. just watching some of the things he does on offense this year is just nothing close to what he's produced in his first two seasons. I mean, he made some. I mean, he just got some buckets against Nebraska, to be honest. A couple of turnaround shots. I think he had a, a fadeaway. Footwork. He had another one where he backed somebody down in the post, faded away on the baseline. I think it might have been Derek Walker, who was pretty good all night. The three shooting, he can shoot the three this year. I mean, I don't and, really and want to hear about, about that, that consistency when, I mean, look at all the offensive improvement. It's yeah. Minutes consistency is probably the thing that I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But nevertheless, we'll move on to Northwestern. So the Spartans got healthy after the high point game. Obviously the, the new COVID procedures from the big 10 came in pretty clutch for this game where you can get out of the protocol after five days, between the high point game and the Northwestern game, Christie and Bingham both had the chance to come back. And they would both help lead Michigan State to a 73-67 to win at Welsh Ryan Arena in Evanston. Gabe Brown, 20 points to lead the way. Bingham in his return, 13-9 and boards. Max Christie, he had a nice game as well. 11 points, 7 rebounds. And hey, almost another double-double for Joey Hauser. 10 points, 9 rebounds. Shot the basketball well, too. But... Really, for this Northwestern game, we were arguing back and forth. I was at another Red Wings game when this happened, of course. But this ended up turning out to be a pretty tough road game against a Northwestern team that's pretty solid, and I would put some decent stock into this win.
0: I would, too, because if you – and granted, last year – we could talk all day about how last year was night and day from this year's team and that kind of thing. But last season, you went down an open Big Ten play with an absolute stinker against this team. So just that that psyche could linger a little bit. You could get mentally psyched out, and the fact that they didn't, and they were able to go down and take care of business ultimately. And there are no nights off in the Big Ten. I mean, Nebraska is probably one of the worst teams, of course, and you know, the Spartans had trouble handling them. Granted, you know, there's a lot of turnover, whatever. But I'm just saying, like. I would agree with you Sloan in that it you you, you definitely can put some stock on this it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of oh you know, look at this win, but it also doesn't have to be like
1: yeah, it's it, it holds its water I guess is what I'm trying to say I mean nevertheless too you know you and I mentioned this on the broadcast of the Nebraska game right after the Northwestern game Michigan State was two and eight on the road in big Ten play last season they're now two and0 this season that Northwestern win was the second so i three, mean, three and in and true three games too. Yeah, with the the Butler game, which yeah. was obviously and, a brutal atmosphere. but And
2: that was the thing that stood out to me in this game was, you know, we knew this team could win on the road. Obviously, they, they dominated Butler pretty much wire to wire. Same thing at Minnesota, got a little close at the end. But that was pretty much in hand almost the entire time. But pulling out a game like this, you know, in that hostile arena, and just, you know, some buildings are just different for – some teams rather than others. Michigan State can't play at Assembly Hall. They can't play at Mackey Arena. Yeah. And they really can't play at this one either. They have had The some, new Welsh Ryan. Ever since they some, renovated yeah, that place. They have Jeez. had some bad, close games there. And, you know, the, the fact that they pulled this one out was huge. And the thing that stuck out to me, Trent, you mentioned the stinker they had to open Big Ten play last year. Boo had a career-high 30 points in that game. In this game, 12 points, and I think four of them were in garbage time at the free throw line. Yeah. And Max Christie, again, guarding the leading scorer, absolutely shut him down. He really didn't do much. He only had one turnover, but shot three for 13 from the floor. Yeah, so, it,
0: was, it was just a team win where they stayed focused. It would be yeah. so easy to check out. What was the score at halftime? I forget.
1: They were, it they was, were down as much as... They were down oh, thirteen yeah, in the 13. first half. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think
2: halftime was a two-point, one-one possession game. Yeah. It was think. close, but to keep, it, they could have checked it
1: out.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're still on the road in a very tough conference in a place that's hard to win, like Brendan says. So, like ultimately, you got to put stock in a team win like that. You just do. Yeah.
1: I want to talk about a guy who played well in this game, who, in my opinion, hasn't gotten enough praise this year. I, we've praised him a decent amount, but Tyson Walker had some trouble in this game. He went scoreless. He fouled out kind of honestly similar to his performance at the garden where he didn't really get in the the book too much, struggled with fouls. But A.J. Hogard really stepped up well in his absence, nine points. And Hogard has been somebody all season long who's been consistent. He'll get you 20 minutes a night. He'll put up six, seven, eight, nine points, dish out a couple assists. And God, when he gets downhill, you know, good luck stopping him, especially on the break. But Stepped up with the, you know, he was a big part of why Michigan State won with nine points from the point guard position, but... I guess just the three of us in our opinions as a whole are is Hogard getting overlooked with what he's brought to this team cuz he's he gives him 20 good minutes a night.
0: Yeah, I think I was actually going to ask this question to you guys. I want to know like who, who can you definitively say is a better player right now? Cuz I I can't pick. I think it's it's a, it's a crap shoot every any given night the other one could, you know, go off. The, the, we saw
2: it. The one thing I'll definitively say is Tyson Walker is a better shooter. Yes, I, I that's that. what okay. I was going to say as well. Other than that I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: just so I guess to Sloan's point, it kind of reminds me of the old Houston Rockets in like 2016, no, 20 like 18, where you get Chris Paul and James Harden and you've got 48 minutes of Hall of Fame point guard play. Obviously these two guys aren't on that level, but you get you get 40 minutes of rock solid point guard play. They right. just have to cut back on the turnovers and I think they will.
1: Do we think Spartan Nation isn't giving Hogard enough talk? Because, I mean, it seems like, obviously, Bingham's getting a lot of love. Brown, some of these guys deservedly so. Malik Malik is such
0: a fan favorite. I think
1: that's just
2: natural, given that he's the quote-unquote backup point guard, that he's not going to get as much attention. But the thing for me is Hogard has a lot of turnovers this year, too, which is one thing that I think a lot of people uh, slight him for. But he's also second in the country in assist rate. So I, I don't want to make him the, the when scapegoat he's, uh, for the turnovers
1: right. either because, I mean, look at the Nebraska game. Everybody yeah. was turning it exactly.
2: over. And, and when he's on the floor, he's assisting on 44% of MSU possessions. Yeah. I interrupted he's you, just,
1: too, about the assist to turnover. Did you say second in the nation? Second in
2: assist rate. Okay. So that that's what that 44% 44%. Is. And Tyson Walker is 12th at, Yeah. I think, what is it? Let's see here, 39%. And that ain't bad. So, so the thing
0: is, is when these guys – you. There's at least one of them on the floor at all times, and you're getting solid point guard play. They just have to cut back on those turnovers because we talked, guys. The Spartans, if my memory serves correct, have been at number 10 for the last three weeks. They're not moving down because they're winning, but they're not moving up because they're turning the ball over, and that's their one flaw, man. If you go blow out a Minnesota tomorrow night or tonight as people listen to this, I, I would be impressed enough to put them up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the one fatal flaw this team has right now, and we've I, all talked. The turnovers, in my opinion, is the one thing that's keeping this team from like actually being a definitive contender.
2: Obviously, we're a few days away from this one, too, but I think the Wisconsin game will be yeah. a, a big one. because Could be a statement. Yeah. I that's think, another place be... have,
1: they'll have trouble winning sometimes at goal yeah. center. And, you know, They'll have trouble there.
2: The, if they don't win, they'll have a chance to play Wisconsin again at home. But I think that is the one that the AP voters probably have circled on their calendar as the real mark of, is this team one of the best six, seven in the country, or are they going to hang around the top 15 all year? And now granted, this team is probably going to lose a game at some point, but I don't know. I don't see a reason they can't have 15 wins by the time they play Wisconsin. That's a great point.
1: We'll keep it rolling. So we, we've recapped now three games, wins over Oakland, High Point, Northwestern. Let's get into Nebraska because we can kind of keep it on the theme of turnovers in this one. Michigan State was able to get a win relatively handily, 79-67 to 67 last Wednesday at the Breslin Center over Nebraska. The real story was the 19 turnovers by Michigan State, but Max Christie was an, an outstanding bright spot for Michigan State. 21 points, four rebounds. The shooting numbers were just off the charts. In 31 minutes, he went seven to nine from the floor, three of four from deep, and a perfect four of four from the free throw line. And just the confidence that he displayed in that game, not wavering when he when he wanted to take a shot. Obviously, the shooting numbers reflected that. He just it, it feels like Max Christie is is here now. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say, you know, necessarily has he arrived because I think he's always arrived on this stage you know especially with the kind of defense he has played all year long especially early in the season as well but in terms of the the scoring that you can get from Christie, he he's definitely here in my opinion
0: I think people were being patient with him and you don't have to you don't have to be patient anymore and Sloan you're right I think he has arrived since day one obviously not a great game in the garden but then since then he's gotten progressively better and this is the downside of not recording a podcast in a month because Nebraska was technically his coming out party, but we all, you know, we talk about the uh, what what game am I think of Oakland game, the Oakland game in Detroit. So so now it's like okay, he's got two really 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 good games under his belt, and I feel confident that he'll be that guy that can rise up and take a shot in a in a, in a key moment, guard the best player in a key moment when it's crunch time. Uh, so so I, I I would absolutely say that him and Malik Hall kind of pulled you out of that hole against a bad Nebraska team that came in. That's the thing about Michigan State, guys, is they're such an elite program that teams come in here with nothing to lose. It's kind of like the old 16 versus one seed in the tournament. You just got to beat that team sometimes. Yeah. that That's the hardest game until like the four, Final Four sometimes because these teams come in with house money and just shoot the lights out. And that's kind of what Nebraska did, and the only reason that they didn't Honestly, have a bigger lead was because they were turning it over as well. So Malik Hall and Max Christie pulled you out of that hole, and that's a big feather in Max Christie's cap. And yeah,
1: I, yeah. The th- just the other thing about Max too, and I'm sure you agree with this. You know, the defense has been there all year long. He's he's taken plenty of shots. You know, he never, at no point did Izzo pull him out of the offense and and you know say you know less shots. Max is going right. to take less shots. Right. He kept shooting the basketball. It, it, he was a better shooter than the numbers indicated early in the season. It's really just the, the ball's gone in for him. And in, in and basketball, sometimes that's just as simple as it is. The ball, a good, yeah. he's a good shooter. He didn't have to make any you know gargantuan adjustments necessarily. The, just got to see it go in. Yeah, yeah, it just went
2: in. And, dude, a career-high 21 on nine shots. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's pretty good. I honestly won't be surprised if his career-high changes before the Wisconsin game. He's got Minnesota Northwestern at home. That's a good point cuz this whole team just shoots really well in this building. And that's a part of the reason why, you know, I could see them losing to Wisconsin. I if they played that Michigan game, I think that could have been closer than what most people would expect looking at the two teams on paper and how they've played this year, but they have a huge home court advantage right now. And, you know, he played well against Northwestern already. Didn't play too good against Minnesota on the road. But I won't be surprised if he has a 24, 25, If if he takes three more shots, he probably has
1: twenty-six in this. And game. And you, you talk you know? about
0: this home court advantage. The students are back. Yes. They're back.
1: This is definitely something that we foresaw because in in the preview episode of of his own that we did now months ago, we made it pretty clear that Max was gonna be, you know, if not the the leading scorer on this team, you know, one of the top two or three he guys. He still could be. I, I completely agree. I think he's 3 right now behind Marcus yeah. and, and 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 he's Gabe. officially he's with that 21 point game he's officially averaging double figures this year. Okay. The other thing that's amazing too and I'm going to get the exact number right now, you know, his his shooting numbers earlier in the season were just terrible when he was going through a slump and now he's got his three point percentage all the way up to 35 percent after the terrible start he got off to yeah that really shows how just much of a Terry's gone on I mean 35 I mean it's going to continue 40% to rise from the floor yeah he you, you got it you, there's nothing but excitement about his future and yeah. you know hey I don't necessarily hate this because I predicted he was going to be one and done in East Lansing and, so the more and more his stock rises the more and more I look smarter
2: and the crazy thing is he's so good on defense, too. Yeah. Everybody overlooks it because— it's Puzzling. Because he, he he's, you know, the young kid guarding the other team's best player, and, you know, it's no surprise when the other team's leading scorer leads their team in scoring. But, I mean, he is shutting some guys down sometimes, and it's not a lot of steals or a lot of blocks, but it's really good on-ball defense and off-ball defense, too, but they just don't show up in the box score.
1: There's one more thing I want to talk about through this four-game stretch of winning, obviously before the Michigan game, and this is just kind of something that's been on my mind lately, which I thought, hey, if it's on your mind and it's Michigan State basketball, you talk about it with Trenton Brennan on Impact Zone, and that would be the the depth that this Michigan State team has. I, I think we've given it enough respect because we've kind of caught on to it all year long, but... Just the the manpower that this team has. When I mean, looking up and down the lineup, you have two capable point guards that can start. You have obviously Max Christie at the two, and someone behind him and Jaden Akins, who's played outstanding to start this year. Gabe Brown in in the in the front court, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, and then obviously you have three centers that can play a lot. Marcus Bingham Jr. plays a decent amount. Marble obviously is the primary backup. Sizoko can play when he's needed. It's just this team has the depth. You know, looking toward March, looking toward as the Big Ten schedule goes along, if injuries were to arise, that's something that I think is an underrated storyline of this team. Is obviously they have some star power and someone like Gabe and, you know, even Malik is coming out party this year. But the just the manpower this team has compared to this time last year, yeah, it's just night and day. That's exactly what I was going to say, Sloan. We got it. It's, I just need We need to wrap our heads more around just the sheer just how this team is better. This team is just better than it was last year.
0: Absolutely. And depth can be a blessing or a curse. And you are seeing that contrast between this year and last year perfectly because I'll tell you last year there was no leader on the team, correct? That was their None. biggest problem. And that now you flash forward to this year and this team's deep, but they've got they've got leaders, the morale is high in the locker room. It doesn't matter who's playing a lot and who's not because you might might be your night the next time they go out. Tyson Walker and AJ Hogart are perfect cuz Perfect example of that. You know, the little two-headed dragon. Sometimes it's A.J.'s Knight, sometimes it's Tyson's. Last year, you had this kind of the same amount of depth, I would say, but you, you couldn't get any cohesive rotation together because I don't think the morale was
2: as high. I, I think bringing up that point about the rotation is a really good point because we have a starting lineup this year. Every game, we can expect the same five guys to go out there yep. at a point Maybe... <laughs> maybe with a difference of Joey Hauser, Malik Hall. But Bingham, Christie, Brown, and Walker are going to start.
1: And the
0: minutes are going to remain consistent, too, regardless of if
2: uh, Hauser or Hall starts. And now, obviously, very happy that Max Christie is in the position he is and has played as good as he has this year. But I can't help but put myself into the hypothetical universe in which Rocket Watts still goes to the MSU labeled Michigan State instead of Mississippi State. Now, don't get me wrong. He's averaging four points. He'd be the primary backup at the two. Half a rebound, half an assist, and 14 minutes this year for Mississippi State. So not a great year for him. His worst year by far. He did have an injury, I think, and maybe missed a game or two. But, I mean, him with Tyson and Gabe in the front court for Michigan State would be –
1: Scared up having Max back him up. You'd ask Rocket to slash and shoot, that would be it. That's all you don't need to handle the basketball. And the
2: way this team is shooting the ball this
1: year, I have no no doubt that that would be contagious to him as well. Yeah, he the ball handling duties would be gone. I mean, you you, he wouldn't even need to handle the ball on the break, just run the floor, slash to the basket, shoot the basketball. I mean, and that's his you know, Watts's freshman year when he really was having some success at the end of the season. You know, obviously, you have a dominant ball handler in Cassius Winston, who you know handled the the bulk of that. All you told them to do was just make plays, not necessarily for others. Make plays, just make a play for yourself. So that, that's it's interesting to think about that. Yeah. So Michigan went or Michigan State, excuse me, went four and zero during this stretch, and then last Saturday, the last game that was supposed to happen was the game at the University of Michigan, canceled due to COVID nineteen concerns within the Wolverines program. All three of us were slated to be at the game. We were very excited to go. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this game can be made up in the future. I know it's a little bit easier on the Michigan State end of things with Michigan State's schedule as opposed to Michigan's because they're missing the Purdue game. They might right. miss the Illinois game. Yeah. Th- their, their schedule say, is very crowded.
2: Still, the fact, I mean, just both teams the rest of the year, you know, we're in the bulk of Big Ten play. It's a game every third day, you know, for both of these teams. Yeah. So I don't know where – They fit one in. I saw talks on Twitter from uh, a podcast favorite, Rico Beard, suggesting February 10th, but both Michigan and Michigan State play the 8th, and they play the 12th. So are you going to make both teams play three games in five days? Yeah. You know? And they already play the 29th, and I don't want to be this guy, and I understand that every game does matter. And and it might not matter for Michigan or Michigan State, but – the way Michigan is playing this year and the way their season has gone so far, maybe they only need to play each other once, you know. I don't think it's necessary. It might not have a huge impact in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. If they play a second game. Now Michigan that, needs that, that, it
1: more than the Spartans. That's, that's exactly yeah, sure. but,
2: but it also could, you know, in turn gyp somebody like Purdue or Illinois. You know, I think Purdue only plays Michigan and Michigan State once each. So that it could hurt them if you know it doesn't get rescheduled and changes the standings there and whatnot, but that's all for you know two months from now. But I don't know where they're going to fit this game in if they do.
0: And the thing is, is you're exactly right, Brendan, in the, in that if anything, you're lucky that this happened to two teams who were supposed to play each other twice in a home and home because right. you can't. I'm I'm going to go out and say you you can't reschedule this game. It's not going to happen, and I don't think it should happen. These aren't professionals; they're students. They can't be playing five games in eight days. Like that's just—it's not safe. Like just you want to talk about player safety gets so overlooked in basketball, just because people want to talk about football and that kind of thing. Respectfully, so, but it's just—I don't see how it would even be a remotely good idea to reschedule this game. I just there's like you guys both laid out. There's no definitive point where they they get to do it. And honestly, for Michigan, this sucks because this was supposed to be their home game.
1: But they needed plus for their resume. I mean they're they need those wins they're a 500 club they're They're not a a tournament team right now obviously they they need every marquee win they can get which you know there's a lot of incentive honestly for them to make this game up but you know like you said from the michigan state end of things the spartans resume really speaks for itself especially in the non-con looking at both schedules right now in
2: front of me I don't see a way it gets made up. The biggest break the the Wolverines have between two games is between February 12th and February 17th, in which Michigan State plays the 12th and then the 15th. So State's yeah, there's play no there's no opportunity twice there. in three days. And, and, you know, neither team has more than that five-day break that Michigan has between the 12th and the 17th. That's the one five-day break they have. Every other break between games is either two or three days for both teams.
1: We get so. to do something very fun up next. Now— Obviously, the the Michigan Michigan State game getting canceled was not fun at all. But no. So, nevertheless, the stretch of games that uh, we missed over break before the last podcast, obviously, wins over Oakland, High Point, Northwestern, and Nebraska, and then the Michigan game could not be played. But now we get to move into the impact zone mailbag. I wish I had like a drop board or something. I can.
2: You have something. mail. Or yeah, something we need like something that. like that. Yeah, we've got. This a, is actually. The first ever mailbag the three of us have done.
1: Yeah, it is. We were this so fun.
2: horrible about it last year. We're terrible. We, we, never kept did, yeah. we, <laughs> we never did. saying we never did. anything never <laughs>
1: I have a. We have a quartet of questions Let's that go. came in for us. Uh, obviously, you can follow the uh, the show on Twitter at WDBM Sports. But thank you everybody for submitting these questions. We'll start with a good friend of ours and someone we're probably going to see tomorrow, and that will be Natalie Kerwin. Queen. Shout out. This is at Natalie Kerwin one. On Twitter, what do you think of Max Christie being named Big Ten Freshman of the Week for now the fourth time this season? How high do you guys think his ceiling is? But more importantly, how much do you miss me?
0: Miss you a lot, Natalie. We miss you, you know that. We
1: miss you a ton. Natalie, you know this. You we're know this. Gonna, we're gonna mm-hmm. see you tomorrow though. We're not too far away. Yeah. But hey, over break, we, we weren't able to see each other. No, we weren't. Things were weird. COVID only on the craziness. channel. Only
2: on the only on channel ten could we see her. That's true. Hey, yeah, we're listen, not too far away. We're
1: big we're, fans.
0: We'll see her tomorrow. Tune into her cast. She will be looking gorgeous as ever, covering basketball, doing her thing, kicking ass, them. taking names. Impact
1: yep. alumni are everywhere. Yes.
0: So, how do we feel about Max Christie being Big Ten Freshman of the Week for the fourth straight week? I think it pretty much just says that he's the best freshman in this conference. Does anyone object?
1: No. Nope. I mean I don't I, I don't It took me one moment to kind of go through the it over. Who, who did they just Ohio Michi- State's Branham is pretty good. Yeah. but, but not as, good State, as Max. Who was
2: the was it a Nebraska kid? Michigan State just McGowans. played somebody.
1: Yeah. He's better than McGowan's. Yeah, I played him in that game. Yeah. Uh, uh I I
2: I I would say McGowan's has a better offensive game. But Christy, I guess so. I that's a, that's a good a point. That's a good point.
0: He is, and Christy, as you said though, is up to double figures, and is always guarding the best player. Right. And so he when we
2: McGowan's and, and Luke is right outplayed him in that game.
0: Yep. So when we when we
2: take it, you know, with a and the thing for me about for the fourth week, I think McGowan's was the other freshman in the in the Big Ten who had three coming into that Michigan State Nebraska game. Okay. And the thing about Christie getting the fourth in. What is this? What are we now? Week 10 of the season? November, Sounds December, right. yeah. second week or first week of January. So, yeah. week nine or so. Yep. Um, four and nine weeks, 10 weeks, whatever you want to call it, is pretty darn good. And I think, you know, he gets three in the first two months, and it's like, oh, you know, that's cute. Non conference, blah, 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 blah. But I think now two of his four have been from Big Ten play. So, I yeah. I like it a lot. I think I think I think it shows that he's not it's not like this cute little start of the season. Like he's here to to be a part of this team and make he this team arrived. a final four caliber.
1: He's team. He's here.
0: Guy. He is here.
1: Next impact his own mailbag question comes from a great and I mean fantastic friend of the program. Also a friend of the Green and White Report. And that would be Mr. Nick Sonic at Nick underscore Sonic on Twitter. Roommate of one Henry Menigos and he's yes. taking your house next year he on is. Gunson Street. He's taking my house.
0: He's taking the Gunson Manor um, over big shoes to
1: fill. So Nick is is, is very close to the podcast. But Nick says, is Gabe Brown the one to lead this team deep into March like other Spartan legends of the past?
0: I'm gonna say yes, because I think that he is going to lead. I don't necessarily mean he's gonna drop thirty and have these heroic moments that, say, a Cassius Winston had or a Denzel or a Travis Trice or Brandon Dawson. I love all those guys. <laughs> but he will definitely be the emotional leader. He's such an energy guy on both ends. This team will match his energy. You already kind of see it, right? Like when the going gets tough, we talk about Max and Malik, but Gabe Brown also has been shooting great this year. You know, he's he's athletic as hell. He's just doing his thing, and he's the leader and the captain of this team. I don't necessarily know if him or Marcus has particularly been the better player this year but I ultimately to answer the question yes I
1: think he's the guy I completely agree as well I mean you know I being the unquestioned leader of this team you know he keeps checking that box consistently especially with the way he's defending and rebounding this year really rounding his game into form but even you know putting the basketball in the the net I mean, he's, you know, 24 in that high point game, kind of wheeled him to a victory, played well in the, yeah. the, the game on the road at Northwestern, put up another 20 piece. I think that, you know, not only the things that this team lacked last year with that true leader like Trent mentioned, you know, his scoring ability is really just continuing to grow as well. So, you know, I to answer your question, Nick, I, I also agree. I think at this point he's the number one. Yeah, Nick, thanks for the question. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with you, Trent. Um, And I think more so, I'm going to go more out on a limb and say that, you know, like we look at teams of past that have won national titles and let's just look at last year, for example, Johnny Juzang and Jaime Jaquez go crazy for UCLA in the tournament. Jalen Suggs obviously does this thing for Gonzaga. They don't end up winning, but two final four teams right there. Yep. Um and it seems like every year, you know, the, the final four teams that make it usually have, you know, those one or two guys who just dominate the tournament for five games in a row, six games in a row if you get to the Natty. I think I can sit here and say Gabe Brown isn't gonna do that as far as like you said, the box score, the thirty points per game, whatever it is. I don't I think he's gonna hover right around where he is now, fifteen points per game. You know, not very many rebounds, not very many assists, shoot well from deep. But in every game they've played this season, his demeanor has never swayed. He, like you said, is the the almost unspoken leader of this team. And the guy that, you know, when the going got tough a few years ago, it was give the ball to Cassius, get the hell out of the way. Last year, give the ball to Aaron, get the hell out of the way. And I don't think Gabe is going to be that guy for them but it's, you know, he's going to be the one that they lean on mentally and emotionally yeah. to keep them up, keep them calm and steady and on a straight path, and he's going to knock down shots when like, he needs to. To
0: actually take the word lead, he's going right. to lead for
2: this team. Right, and, and I think as far as gameplay does go, the one thing he's going to do is when they need a shot, he'll probably knock one down, and it doesn't matter how close the defender is. He's done that this year, and that's the one huge improvement I've seen in his shooting is not only knocking down open shots – but knocking down shots when covered. He's had some that they're just
1: defenders right in his face, mm-hmm. and, and he drills it. We're halfway there. Two out of four questions are done. Julian Mitchell just liked, just now, just liked one of my tweets. All so right. thank you, Julian. Julian. It actually was the mailbag tweet, which has a Simpsons reference on it. That might mean we have a fifth question coming. Perhaps. I, I don't know if he's typing. That'd be, pretty, that, yeah. that'd be great timing, though. But this next question comes from... Former MSU J-School student, now alum and production assistant for Valley Sports Detroit and friend of the program and impactor Bradley Merlot. He says, give the people what they want. Any updates on Keon Coleman or Malik Carr? How physical will these two potentially make some inner scrimmage practices? What can Malik Carr potentially play a role as, you know, a small forward, a power forward? What's an update on these these football I, players that could play basketball? I have been waiting to see Mex. I haven't seen
2: Mex carry the Michigan State SID, for those of you that don't know, the fantastic since, Max Carey. since Christmas break. And I've been waiting to see him because I got two questions for him. One, when are Malik and Keon coming? And same thing that that Brad has. What kind of role are these? Like, I just don't I understand it and I'm all for it, but I also don't get it at the same time. It's like how. You know, we're a week into Big Ten play yeah. now. Could how it hurt these, you potentially? How are these guys going to? Obviously, they're in the physical condition, but how are you just gonna like hit the ground running with a top ten team in the country who's right. in the Final Four and stuff right now? You know, I don't, I don't know how these guys can come in and make an impact. I, you know, it, it's almost like what's the point if they're not gonna play and be, you know, beneficial to this team? I don't totally get it. It's kind of like the same. Re- I guess it's the same thing, reason as why you have walk-ons, but it's it's for practice. But I am excited to see, you know, if they play, if they're on the roster, you know, if they get in in garbage time, two very athletic dudes. Malik Carr is huge. I, yeah. I, I got to see him up close and personal this football season, working down there on the sideline. That guy is big. Going to have a great year next year for Spartan football, but I would love to see them get in to some games this year and the other question i had and i think you guys have talked about this with me uh once or twice this year w- am i crazy or wasn't it supposed to be named tom Izzo court this year That's i what think I it was well. yeah so Maybe. i wanted to ask mex about that too like what happened to that because every it time i watch to Duke, the I, see, I see the, the coach yeah. k court yeah and i don't know are they gonna get a new floor and do it who I don't knows know. Isn't is this year's floor new too? Because I don't remember them having the darkened interior. You know, like the inside the three yeah, point line ins- is darker yeah. than the outside. It might be. I don't we know. do a little
0: research on that. I don't know. But uh, hey, but long I, story short, sure, we, yeah. we don't have any updates. Right. I wish we um,
1: tomorrow at this time we'll probably have an update. Considering that right. we, we'll you know we'll we'll see everybody right. before we'll, the game in we'll, the yeah, press we'll room. Uh, you know to add to kind of go full. They circle were at the Nebraska game. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were behind, behind the, the bench. bench, not on it, but behind it. To answer Brad's question, though, you know, I it's it's definitely something that everybody's paying attention to. They'd be assets to the team, you know, as additional depth. We talked about how crazy the depth is already. Been. I think
2: they'd be great defensively in practice
1: for the start. I completely. They could be just great on the scout team, and hey, the, bring back the multi sport athlete. Last question, the final question, comes from our good pal, former sports director and basketball beat reporter and co-host of Impact is Own, the great Ryan Cole, who is our guy. We love Ryan Cole. He says, who is your favorite former Impact is Own host, and why is it Davey Siegel? So that's that's that question answers itself. little, little interlude. Yeah. Hey, there's been a million fantastic Impact is Own hosts. You think of Ryan Cole. You think of Davey. You think of Julian Mitchell, yes. you think of Natalie Kerwin, you think of Amanda Poole. The The road to where we are right now has been paved by a bunch of people All who chaos. are right. great. Think about it. Julian's doing TV right now. Natalie's doing TV right now. Amanda's doing TV right now. Ryan's doing TV right now. Davey's doing tons of different multimedia stuff, works for SiriusXM, too. Julian's doing TV right now. Yeah. I already mentioned him. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, He's ever- worthy of it. Everybody, Give them two. everybody who's been in this seats is an absolute legend. So I'm sorry, Ryan, but I don't know if I can pick one. Yeah, Everyone's the road just fantastic. To
2: the big screen goes through East Lansing.
1: Yeah, yeah. more specifically, it goes through the basement of goes, Holden Hall. I was gonna say it goes through Holden Hall basement. That's where it goes through. We're very blessed to be in the position we are. Yeah. That's because of the people who have come from us. On the basketball side of things, he says this is a great question. By the way, he says which player needs to improve the most in the next two months for MSU to seal the deal and win the Big Ten?
0: I think the easy easy answer is Joey Hauser, so I'm going to stay away from that. I am going to say A.J. Hogard. Don't turn the ball over. Like Brennan said, Brennan has a fantastic stat for it. Give it to the people. Assist rate. He's assisting on 44.2% of MSU
2: possessions when he's on the floor. Second in the country.
0: There you have it. If you're able to clean up those turnovers, he just dishes the thing, man. And Tyson Walker is your elite point guard defender. Those two guys, we might see them on the court a little more together if they can stop turning it over. So right. I, I'll say A.J. Hogard, final
1: answer. You know, I have kind of an interesting answer to this. Don't say Julius Marble. No, it's, it's okay. not, it's not <laughs> Julius Marble. That's such <laughs> an easy answer, too. This is it's, it's, it's an interesting angle, so hear me out. Even though this player has been an extremely valuable asset to this team as a true point guard, great defender, and a great passer, imagine what this team would look like if Tyson Walker poured in like 15 a night, it, yeah, uh, yeah. they'd be a they fi- They'd be a printed on the bracket right now. You just final get, 14. You get
0: ten, 10 more points from your starting unit. I
1: and right. and Tyson Walker's shooting numbers this season are just off the fantastic. charts. Fantastic, still you know over 50 percent. I think from three and the floor,
2: 56 from three, 40 from floor.
1: So just the shooting numbers are fantastic, and obviously it kind of skirts the question a little bit cuz it's you know thinking more of like major improvements that need to be made but if the if all of a sudden Izzo builds in a few more shots for Tyson Walker which he will make because his shooting numbers are so good just i'm just salivating over the thought of of Walker getting 15 a night, Gabe getting 20 a night, Christie getting somewhere in between like at you're you're cooking with gas at that point. Yeah, I More of an offensive improvement than just like, you know, who's a who needs like to tear it down and build it back up like, you know, AJ with the turnovers. But I
2: I think I have to echo the AJ sentiment, not only because of the turnovers, he's still under seven points per game right now. He had a really good game against Kansas and had seventeen, which is his career high in that game. And that to me was kind of like, oh, maybe this is the AJ Hogard we see and he averages like 11 or 12 this year we right. haven't really seen him do that since he also you know is playing behind his good friend Tyson which is a little bit hard to to come in and do that and, and put up scoring numbers like that but he's been a reliable bucket when they need it a, a, you know a lot of times when there just aren't you know, isn't room for the starters minutes in the rotation and you have to get the backups in and state's kind of struggling, you know, it, it seems like there's been a couple situations where they're down a few buckets yeah. or the other team's coming back and Hogarth just takes it to the rack through contact and makes a tough layup and
1: gets the crowd back. Into he it.
0: is a great finisher. Yeah. Underrated finisher, but, but
1: especially in transition, he's coming downhill like a running crafty. Back. Yeah. The, I mean, holy smokes. The
2: other reason I really want to echo the AJ Hogarth idea is 56.8% from the free throw line. This team is shooting the ball really well from the stripe, but Hogard is not in that group that is shooting it really well. I think Joey Hauser is at 90%. Gabe Brown, 87.5. Christie was set to take the free throws uh, in garbage time against Nebraska. He's at 80%. Malik Hall's above 70. Bingham's above 70. Marble is above 70. Tyson Walker is above 70. So of the main rotational players, he's the only one below 70%, and he's a lot below it. And Hogarth, the way he drives and the way he plays, does yeah, he get, get to, the, to line the line a fair amount. Yep. So it, it, that's the the one thing that I would really like to see him improve is the free throw line. And, you know, relating back to the question, too, you know, a team that wins the Big Ten is a team that can make their free throws. and I think Michigan State right now is right in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten at like 72 or 73% from the line this year. But if Hogarth can get up to 70% from the line and they can move up to like 75% and get into the upper tier of the Big Ten, I don't see a reason they can't
1: win Good the point. Big Ten. This was a lot of fun. I think the the mailbag segment needs to be and will be something that we do on a consistent basis monthly or bi-monthly I'm I'm down for sure. Thank you to Natalie Kerwin, Nick Sonic, Brad Merlot and Ryan Cole for the questions. We appreciate you all. We do. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for giving us some, some love on Twitter. So with that, the, the mailbag's done. The, uh, the winter break recap is done. The game recap is done. So now we'll get into a quick preview for the next two games. Before the next time we record a podcast, the Spartans will have two games under their belt. One this upcoming Wednesday, which is tomorrow, as we record on a Tuesday, against Minnesota. And then, once again, back in action against Northwestern. Michigan State has played these teams each once this season, so this is going to be the second go-round. Quick preview for each game, obviously starting with Minnesota. Which is tomorrow, as we record on a Tuesday. But the Golden Gophers and Spartans played earlier this season. Michigan State came away with a victory at Williams Arena, seventy-five to sixty-seven in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Indianapolis. It's like that, in Charles Barkley. Annapolis. Yeah, Indianapolis. Gabe Tyson and Malik each had fifteen points in that win over the Gophers. Eric Curry led the Gophers with eighteen points. Jamison Battle had seventeen. Now the Golden Gophers gave Michigan State a pretty good fight in that game, so I guess that's something to look for headed into this game. Minnesota is 10 and 3 overall on the season, but they are 1 and 3 in Big 10 play. The line for this game taking place on Wednesday is Michigan State minus 13 that is via DraftKings. You can hear the game on WDBM on Wednesday starting with the Impact Zone pregame show at 6:45 with Brendan and myself. You can also follow our coverage at impact89fm.org slash sports. Trent will be providing full coverage for the website. Pretty simple in this one. Obviously, these aren't the most marquee of matchups this week, but starting with this Minnesota game, Brendan, your one key to a victory for Michigan State.
2: Uh, Three-point shooting and rebounding. State has now moved into the top 10 in the country in three-point percentage. They're almost at 40%, um, and Minnesota does not, uh, grab a lot of boards, and Michigan State is usually pretty good at that, you know, middle of the pack, but usually on the greener side of the Ken Palm boxes. So, yeah, if they can do that and uh, shoot the three well, which they usually do at home, I don't see a reason this shouldn't be an easy double-digit win. Take Spartans and the points.
0: I want to expand on the rebounding thing for a second. First time these teams met, Marcus Bingham not a great game. 6 points, 3 rebounds. Got to play better and if he does, they absolutely cover that line. That's a great line. Cuz yeah. I yeah, was I agree. I was Vegas, thinking I think nailed it. I was thinking like 11ish, but oh, I'll even I, take 13. I,
1: I got to say
2: I I have to apologize to my cousin who I think is in El Paso now, works for Amazon big fan of impact listens to us all the time shout uh, out he uh, he texted me before the nebraska game or er, on snapchat when i posted you know the link and he said do they win by 15 and i was confident in state but when he when i read that text the first number that popped into my head was 12 and, and that's they won the, they by won 12 by... <laughs> and i told him to take the 15 luckily yeah. he was a smart man and said 15 points was too much for him so i found out after the game that He didn't actually take that one. But take this one.
0: Yeah, I like the Spartans by 13 as well, and I think Bingham has a much better game. Like you mentioned, Brendan, Minnesota's a little small. Spartans take advantage.
1: My... Key for this game is basically kind of the premier matchup, and that is the 6-8 Jameson battle against probably Gabe Brown most likely. Battle has you know, put up great numbers this year. 13 starts, averages 18 points per game in 36 minutes. He's, he's a workhorse. Shoots the ball very well too, 48% from the field, 36% from three. Him and, and Gabe Brown matching up against each other should be a lot of fun. You know Maybe they throw someone a little smaller at him like Max Christie is, occasionally is a changeup. I got the Spartans in this one too, though seventy-seven to sixty-two, so they cover slightly. Maybe maybe it's a bad Barely. beat, a little backdoor yeah. cover there, but it, it's not going to be some kind of blowout like the Penn State game. I think Minnesota is a cut above the the lower tier of the Big Ten, the Nebraskas and Penn States of the world. So I, I got Michigan State. I think it, it'll it'll never be. A dogfight, though. I think Michigan State will consistently hold a lead. Maybe a little bit of a Minnesota comeback in the end. 15-point victory.
2: I have to also add to keys for the game Minnesota's depth or lack thereof. They played seven guys at home against Michigan State last time. And not a lot of them played a bunch of minutes. I think there were three or four who played like less than 10 minutes or so. You know, So they don't go very deep in the bench. We've already talked about Michigan State's depth. Michigan State wins by eight on the road at Minnesota earlier in the year. They come home, I say double it, 80-64.
1: Wow. I that, see. I like that a lot because I just think you I figure just, that the I, Breslin Center right about the doubles the advantage. score. There's yeah. nothing
2: else for the students to do besides basketball and hockey right now. Yeah, we're not going to class
1: right now, goodness. yeah. But fine so, hold on, so. stop me, stop. Right. That's <laughs> enough. That's enough. All right, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Northwestern now. It. We're not going to get into wait. Well, what was Trent's score? Politics. I'll,
0: I'll take Spartans by fifteen. Fifteen. I won't go quite that high, but I do like okay. them to cover the thirteen. So I'm going to so say fifteen.
1: You've got you two at fifteen. We both fifteen. I've got sixteen. So we'll, we'll see who hits the over and who hits the under yeah, in that Yeah, big one. win. We'll get in Norton. To Playing the North... is right over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great show, by the way. Just a fantastic show. Northwestern is next. The game is on Saturday, noon Eastern time here in East Lansing. Should be another really good crowd. Noon game, Northwestern, Go Cats, Purple. Their, their colors, their school colors are just some of my favorite in the country. But the Wildcats... Once again this is the second matchup between these two teams. Northwestern is 8 and 5 overall this season, 1 and 3 in the Big 10. Like we talked about earlier in the episode, Michigan State defeated Northwestern 73 to 67 on January 2nd. It was a really good win and a really good game for Michigan State. They they had to fight Northwestern pretty hard to come away with the win and they did. Just like this Wednesday, you can hear the game on Saturday on WDBM, starting with the Impact, Is own pregame show at 11.45 a.m. Get your coffee ready for that one, gentlemen, because after a Friday night, we're going to be up early, ready for some hoops. Uh, you can also follow Trent. His coverage will be at impact89fm.org sports. Once again, I'll throw it to you, Brendan. More keys to victory in this game against Northwestern for Michigan State. I mean, Northwestern's lost three in a
2: row now. They got to play Maryland on Wednesday and then state on Saturday. That Maryland game is at home. That's a game that they, I think, likely do and should win. But you never know. Maryland's so weird this year. Uh, people forget that Mark Turgeon is no longer their coach. They've picked up some good wins. They've picked up some bad losses. George Mason is the one that stands out. But um, Northwestern... uh doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot, and they force a decent amount of turnovers. So, and that's the huge thing for Michigan State is can they hang on to the ball? That's another game that's at home. Michigan State already picked up the win on the road. I expect them to win again. I think this Nebraska team—they've got three guys averaging double figures. Uh, what is it? Two or three more over nine? Two more over nine points per game. Um, Ryan Young and Ty Berry both really close to that double figure mark. I think this is going to be a closer game than people expect. I think it could be very
1: similar to the game we saw at Welsh Ryan Arena. Northwestern can they can score the basketball. Now yeah. their their defense on the other hand, they've they've given up some points, you know, both in the non-con and that shootout against Ohio State, but mm-hmm. they, you know, they they have some 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 legitimate dudes. What, what do you think, Trent?
0: Anytime you make a statement like with the one I'm about to make, you kind of just have potential to have egg on your face come the end of this game. But I do think I don't Marcus see a City. way I don't see a way Northwestern can even win. Um I think Michigan State just comes out. It's all about the start, because that was the that was the only issue against Northwestern last time. You just started slow. But ultimately you pulled through because Marcus Bingham and Joey Hauser combined for twenty three points and eighteen rebounds. Gotta get similar production from your bigs and just take care of business.
1: I have another interesting matchup to watch for this one. Of course, I close out of the tab right as I'm about to read off a stat line. (laughs) But that would be Marcus Bingham Jr. versus Pete Nance. And that was obviously a good matchup in the first game. The 7-foot Marcus Bingham Jr., the 6'11 Pete Nance. 13 starts this year for Nance. 17 points per game. 7 rebounds. 1.7 blocks, which is up there with Bingham, who leads the conference in blocks at almost 3 a game. Shoots 50% from the field, 78% from the line, and 45% from three. He's a different look for Bingham because he's not necessarily just a back-to-the-basket kind of big. So Bingham will have to go out on the perimeter a little bit, move around. You know, He'll really have to move his feet well defensively to do a good job against Nance. So that's a- another matchup I'd say to watch, just like with uh, Brown in battle. I just have to say, the where Michigan State has an advantage is I think...
2: Out of the five scores that we've mentioned, Nance Bowie, Chase Audige, those are all three familiar names from the beatdown last year. But then also Ryan Young and Tyberry, those two at over nine points per game. Spartans probably shut down two, maybe even three of them in this game. Yeah, it shouldn't their, be close with their defense. But the advantage for Nebraska on the flip side is this is a, a stat that Michigan State is usually really good in, the, or Northwestern is is even better. Fifth in the country at assists per field goals made, assisting on 64% of possessions. That's pretty darn good. That That is. That's a really good way to have a team win, which Michigan State does a bunch, but there's, you know.
0: Right, MSU has a couple ISO scores. I think, yeah,
2: yeah. and I think opposite you, Trent, I see the light at the end of the the tunnel for Northwestern. I think it's far, and I think it's dim. Yeah. But I, I won't say never, you know.
1: Northwestern's That's why a I
2: say like team, I you so. should never make an absolute statement like right. I just did, but I hey. I don't think I think Michigan yeah.
0: State stays focused, locked in. They've got a bunch of tape to look at with this team that they sort of had problems with, kinda, and then they figured it out at the end of the game. Right. So I They'll just have a couple don't, of days to get ready. Yeah.
1: I agree. The Northwestern's a better club this year, and I give you know Coach Collins and the Wildcats a lot of credit, even though they're struggling in Big Ten play. They're an improved basketball team, pretty significantly from last season. We'll get into the predictions. This is I'm this see this I might take a little bit of heat for. I have michigan state seventy five northwestern sixty now that's a pretty low scoring game for Northwestern for a big Ten game, but you know this this Spartans defense, which is you know tapered off a little bit lately, I can just see this as the game where they really put the clamps on, and people are kind of like, you know, sleepy noon game. They put the clamps on defense, and people kind of realize. You know, hey, you know, th- this Michigan State team can still play defense even though they've been shooting the ball outstanding lately, and that's kind of taken the headlines. So I got another 15 point game, 75 to 60 Michigan State wins. I- honestly, I see the Northwestern game and the Minnesota game going pretty similar. Steady Michigan State lead throughout, never really a chance for the opposition. And once again, Northwestern Minnesota, not the worst teams in the Big Ten, probably middle tier, and, you know, f- 13 to 15 point wins both ways for me. Wow, Brendan. You said, Trent, do you see what he wrote down no. here? No. Oh, I, okay. I Let's hear have, it. Wow.
2: I've learned my lesson last year, and I've talked about this with you guys. Go with your gut. The Optimist my, Caucus is back with my Trent and I. Gut.
1: Northwestern doesn't have a shot in this one. <laughs> they don't have a shot. My gut
2: is screaming at me, dude. I just I don't know what it is. Something about this game.
1: If they're wearing black it's, uniforms though, with like gold and purple, oof, that might be trouble because right. Northwestern's got. I reserve great the colors. right to change my pick <laughs> if, that's, <laughs> if, that's the, if that's the case. Northwestern's <laughs> got great school colors. I just five point game seventy seven seventy two.
2: Yeah, that's that's where I see it. That's that's honestly not even totally going with the gut feeling. I think this can be closer than that. I just, Northwestern has some of the ingredients and, you know, the same advantage that Michigan State has, time to go look at tape. So does Northwestern, you know? Yeah. They can go back and look. And and also, I think Northwestern has one less game since, well, let's see. So it's been four games since they played each other uh, for Northwestern. And for Michigan State, it's been, oh, actually, so no, Michigan State, it's been three games. So – I think that's advantage of Michigan State. They don't have as much to worry about. But also, Northwestern's coming off three losses in a row. Obviously, they have the Maryland game that we talked about. But, I don't know, gut feeling. It's a, it's a close one. You Mich- know, I, Michigan State guts it, but doesn't this also just seem like a random? It's like,
1: very sleepy. Right. It, it's got the potential. To it be seems
2: like a random one that a, a Final Four Michigan State team would lose, and you'd go look back at the end of the season and be like, "They lost that game. What the hell?" I'll take. It's the like the final when they, four. Lost a, it right. they lost to Indiana on a Saturday. Be great. They
0: lost to Indiana on a Saturday when they went to the Final Four three years ago.
2: Now, also, let let, let me just say, I'm not saying this Michigan State team is going to the Final Four. No, I'll take a trip to New Orleans. I'm raising my hand right now. Hell no Yeah.
1: Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Mr. Ballard, your Um, final score prediction.
0: I won't spend too much time on it because I don't even have that much to back it up. I just think this is a day where the Spartans roll and score the ball with ease. 81-62. Spartans by 19.
1: Optimism Caucus is back. Back. Trent, we are back. (laughs) We're back. Um, I kind of did that for a reaction. So much I, pessimism yeah, I, from Brendan last year. So, so much pessimism. I will
0: say a 15 plus. Maybe not 19. 15 plus.
1: Hey, so that's, I got 15 so that's, on the nose. So, so that's
2: the interior bet is uh, the over under 15 points. Because you guys said 15 against Minnesota. I said 16. Yeah. And then I guess over under fifteen again because I have it less than fifteen. You both have above fifteen. Fifteen for is kind of like the magic that's number the, yeah, for this Michigan the magic, State versus the Big Ten. That's the magic number. Wow. It's
1: just a, it's just an interesting week with Northwestern and Minnesota because they're very similar teams in which they're struggling in Big Ten play. Had some success in the non conference. Both teams have some players to worry about. I just I see both games being very very similar, but. You know, we're gonna mark the tape on this. Next week, we'll have another episode, so we'll see who's right and who's wrong. And you know, I got Trent and I have Michigan. Well, we all have Michigan State going two and zero. Brendan just doesn't have it as easy of a fashion as Trent's. I, I have
2: Michigan State going one and one. That's what my gut is saying. So, what is this hockey?
1: <laughs> Red Wings don't play for another three hours. That's gonna yeah. be fun too. Well, who needs sleep? Doesn't Spartan tomorrow? Hockey
2: play on the same day though? Don't they play uh, Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, I think they're on the road though. Yeah, if I believe correct. so. They swept Wisconsin earlier
2: this year. I called yeah. both those games.
1: Go, go back on Wisconsin, off Wisconsin. That's what yeah, I, that's, that's what, what we we're want. saying. All right, Impact zone's back, and Brennan's back, which means the college basketball bonanza with Brennan Chabath is the circus also music? back. Yeah, get the circus music playing. E-ho. Get the elephants da, 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 da. out, and the, the hula hoops and the clowns and stuff. Yeah. Hopefully Trent and I don't look like clowns for being overly confident in Michigan State. Not overly confident, just Wouldn't be confident. the first time, man. Wouldn't be the first <laughs> time. You know, you win some, you lose some. you know, homers. <laughs> and yeah, right. When you lose some, you just got to own it. But nevertheless, yeah. fantastic Tuesday night of college basketball. Huge. Fantastic every night of college basketball, in fact. So, without further ado, Brennan is going to have the college basketball bonanza for this beautiful and chilly Tuesday, February, excuse me, Tuesday, January 11th, not so February yet.
2: Obviously, a lot has happened since, what was it, December 14th, you said, Luke, our last podcast? About, yep, about
1: a month even. A
2: lot has happened, a lot, We, you know, we could go very in-depth, but we're going to stick to the main highlights for your enjoyment and mine as well. Uh, the first bullet point I have here is Purdue question mark. The Boilermakers have now lost two games and two in the Big Ten, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, going to fact check it right here. Okay, not two in their last three; two in their last six. That is, obviously, we you know for the college basketball fans in the Discord chat, um, we remember how they lost to Rutgers. They lose Adam's at the rack time. which which that's you know, okay, points to Purdue, you know, that's a tough place to play. But this is a Rutgers team who I think is five and five right now. Well, and, yeah, it's just not it
0: should have never been that close. Right. A the way the bub- way they lose a very bubbly is, team is
2: is honestly though, the way they lose is awesome and I love that. And I'm here for it, half court, buzzer beaters. But then Purdue loses at home to a very good Wisconsin team who nobody saw coming. Johnny Davis is fantastic for Wisconsin. He actually uh might contend with Max Christie for freshman of the year in the conference. I he's think, been great. I think he actually I think if if the season ended now, he wins it. But he's been
1: he's been yeah, fantastic.
2: But Wisconsin wins at Mackey. Tough place to play by five. Purdue was supposed to play tonight, yesterday, if you're listening to listening to this on Wednesday against Michigan at Michigan. Uh that game obviously postponed but I will say Uh, Purdue has a pretty easy schedule coming up versus Nebraska at Illinois. That should be a fun game to watch. I still think Purdue pulls that one out at Indiana versus Northwestern versus Iowa and then, or at Iowa, and then uh, January 30th, they have a tough matchup against top 25 Ohio State. But yeah, so Purdue's a question mark right now. Those two losses in the Big Ten, I think swayed a lot of people's confidence in the Boilermakers when they got that number one ranking. They had, I think, they held it for literally a week, and then Rutgers, I think it was less than a, for, a week. Yeah, Rutgers yeah. beat them before the next rankings came right. out. But uh, which just reminds me of didn't Michigan State do that like two years ago when they got number yeah, one in and the country? They lost and then, uh,
0: North Carolina.
2: Yeah, something like that. Or, yeah. No, they were number one in the country preseason. Uh, Cassius's junior year, and then lost the first game in the Tyrese Champions Maxxie. classic. Yeah, when Tyrese Maxey had thirty. But nonetheless. I still think Purdue's a good team. Still think they're a Final Four favorite. I wouldn't put them as a lock quite yet, but there's a question mark next to them. Duke loses. They lost to the Hurricanes. The Jim Malarenega Miami. Uh, that was a great game too. Yeah, that was a. Fun-
1: I watched the highlights. I didn't watch. the I full caught game the end wide. of it, Did and then
2: you? yeah, it was great.
1: They also have a player down there, Brendan. You're going to be able to name him, even though I can't remember his name. He was a one-time Michigan State commit, shooting guard, four-star, played for Southfield Christian. Decommitted from us, went to Miami. Harlan Beverly,
2: former U of D Jesuit Cub. The the main memory I have... Now, I think he's hurt right now. I texted my friends. I think he had back surgery recently. Didn't play in the Duke game because uh, I looked on the box score, didn't see his name. And I guarantee you I would have seen his name because here's what happened when I was a freshman in high school. Harlan Beverly was the same age as me. I was on the freshman team. He was on the JV team. I think...
1: He could be here right now at Michigan yeah, State.
2: I think he <laughs> was the only... If he wasn't the only, he was one of two freshmen that moved up and played on the JV team. In the first month of the season against Frederick Douglass, who coincidentally has the exact same color scheme as Miami, Harlan Beverly dropped 52 against Frederick Douglass. Also, Got in a high school game, usually the winning
1: team scores like 52. Right. Another
2: tie in, Frederick Douglass, is where Pierre Brooks won a state championship two years ago, a year ago, a year ago. Yeah, I think yeah. It, yeah, it was a year ago. A year ago because he's a freshman, so that was pretty dumb. But, yeah, so yeah. Uh, Duke loses. Uh, they're going to slide back a little bit in the polls. Again, Duke's similar to Purdue. Their obviously other loss is to Ohio State. That was a fantastic game, one of the games I'm of the year so far. I'm still in on Duke,
1: too. The whole, yeah. I, I'm playing the whole team of destiny narrative if, if, with them. If, like, Co- if the Coach came videos, K. oh, the one shining moment video is just going to be him yeah. everywhere. yeah. Well, they got to get that far too. We'll see. Oh, they but, will. Uh,
2: but, and who, I forget who's, uh, oh, The Athletic came out with their 68 team bracket. Duke was a number one seed. You want to know who was the number two seed in their region?
1: Michigan Don't State. Tell me. Michigan
2: State. Well, they love doing that. Why we're, do they love doing that? Because it's see, destiny and
1: it's blue blood. Michigan State's <laughs> most likely. I mean at this point if the season were to end I think state would be the highest two seed. I oh, think... they'd
0: be they'd be a three technically, right? Well, okay, that's true. But also
2: but also what we have on here, Leonardi the Nardi has bullet been point, having him as a two. Yeah, I think they would be they probably be the third or second two seed if okay. I had to guess. But also the next bullet point on here, USC the Trojans who were 13 and 0 pre-podcast recording just lost in the Pac-12 to Stanford. Uh, what Stanford. was the score of that? Shout game? out Zaire
1: Williams, teammate of Bronny, son of LeBron. Yeah,
2: so Stanford beats USC 75-69. USC fifth ranked team in the country. I want to go look at Ken Palms, uh, Ken Pomeroy, I should say. Ken Palm is the website. Ken Pomeroy is the author and creator. He's a fantastic Twitter follow. Also, I don't know if you guys have seen it this year. He has uh, every after every unbeaten team loses in college basketball, which he was tweeting a lot at the start of the year, obviously. But he says unbeaten teams remaining. Two or whatever sorry USC. So That'd be zero I, now. I think it's well Baylor. And I oh, think yeah. there might be one or two more. Uh maybe not. Probably but- like like Colorado State is in the top
1: twenty five this year. Yeah. I think they run at some point. Somebody like Drake is probably undefeated yeah. or some Brando, yeah. But Baylor Northern Iowa, Iowa.
2: Baylor's for sure the one. I don't see any right now. But yeah, so USC loses. There's you know, Trent, you talked about state moving up. That's a USC team who had no good wins before. Their best win before this loss was Georgia Tech. Okay. No. So you see wins. them you see them plummeting. I, I see them with that loss. It is at Stanford, but still, what a nine and four Stanford team was pretty good. The Cardinal. But, but with that loss, I see them falling out of the top nine, which would mean State. I think would be nine, given that they okay. win tomorrow. Take tonight, care of business against Minnesota. Um, looking at some other games going on. Uh, yeah, just to recap, in case you were wondering, Baylor is still really goddamn good they uh are probably the favorite right now to win it back to back which is crazy which which is crazy with the production that they lost i think they lost like 40 percent of their scoring they just
0: dudes they got dudes yeah
2: they 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 don't rebuild they reload but uh baylor is a part of the next bullet point which is the january 11th game so if you are listening to this on January 12th, go back, look at the highlights, look at the scores. There's a lot of great games tonight. Uh currently, we are we already talked about USC and Stanford, that game's over. Kentucky uh, is up 41-28 on Vanderbilt at halftime. Baylor Texas Tech more quality Big 12 basketball top 25 matchup. Texas Tech number 19 in country obviously. Guns up Texas Tech. Baylor 15 and 0. They're at uh Baylor's up 31-26 almost halftime there. Uh, another big game tonight. More Big 12 basketball, more top 25. Iowa State travels to the fog, take on Kansas. That's a good game to watch. And then slide over to the SEC, a team I really like. Uh, Auburn, who we got to see. I don't know if you guys saw, we would have seen in person had we had the money to go to the freaking Bahamas, but that was unlikely. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Auburn, who I saw their only loss this year, that was Jabari to Yankees Smith, in future that, Piston. Yeah. We we set it with Cunningham, so it's right. got to happen yeah, again, we right? got to keep doing it. But I, I think was was that Auburn UConn game three overtimes, two overtimes. I think it was three, but that was that was another candidate for the game of the year. I think UConn won that game with like 126 points, 126, 122. But Auburn, <coughs> excuse me, in the basketball Iron Bowl, travels to Alabama, 11 and four, 24th ranked in the country. Bama, Nate Oates, uh, impact his own favorite. They're still a really Future good team. Michigan State coach. They, they had a tough loss to Memphis. That's an upset. But uh that's another game to watch. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, go back, look at the highlights, look at the box scores. Those will be important for March, possible matchups to watch. I wanna Sweet. I
1: wanna I wanna give one follow-up to your your Baylor yeah. bullet point. And I I I think they're probably the team to beat right now. I agree with you. But I have the the tournament odd uh, the the tournament winner current odds via this is BetMGM. Okay. Quality source. I think this is corrected. Yes, it is. Monday, January 4th, 2022. So this is, uh, see, this is interesting because I'm gonna, uh, about to lose. So probably. a week ago. We're about to lose our minds here. So this is, yeah, a week ago this was updated. Gonzaga is the odds on favorite at plus 600. Okay. So wow. we, we all have our thoughts about Gonzaga. Duke is second plus 800. I believe that. Purdue is tied for You're second, gonna plus You're going to give us some crazy MSU
2: number, aren't you?
1: Oh, I,
0: I already took it. I took it.
1: Purdue, Did you really? Yeah. Purdue is, is plus is 800. They're also second. Baylor is not until just third all alone at plus 1,000. So there's some juice right there for anybody yeah. interested. A couple they other notables. Number? Fraudulent UCLA is plus 1,600. So just throw that in the trash. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fraudulent,
2: Fraudulent UCLA. Fraudulent they still got UCLA. Johnny Juzang.
1: Yeah, they're magic last year. Johnny Juusing is the
2: best-looking Hooper in the country. They
1: took down Michigan State last year. The, the, the noted yeah. Michigan State And rival Michigan. UCLA. They they own this state.
0: They do. California love baby.
1: Other notables: Villanova plus twenty-five hundred and Alabama plus three thousand. Both of those, I think, there's some juice right there. What's the state number? Is it five? Now we're we're getting into the craziness. I'll list the Big Ten teams. So the, the best Big Ten team right now with the odds is Purdue at plus eight hundred. Followed by Illinois at plus three thousand, which is like wow, that's already an eye opener. And then Michigan at plus four thousand. No way. Ohio State plus four thousand. Michigan State plus four thousand. So the Spartans, Buckeyes, I saw that Michigan
0: State had the same odds as Michigan. I was just like, that's I I don't blew my mind. I don't. Also, if the game were to be played last weekend, I think Michigan was a one and a half point favorite.
2: Yeah, which I didn't understand. Made either. no sense. And that, they were going to yeah, be undermanned. And I mean, mean, Vegas always knows, and that's like uh, the example was the college football national championship last night. I think. Yes. What was the the minus three Georgia? Well, right. But what was the over under? I think fifty three and a it ended at fifty. Off? Yeah. It ended at oh, fifty one, and I I beat. had the over. So. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. rap That stinks. But so. Um. Yeah, Vegas always knows, which is kind of scary. But some long
1: odds too. That's I mean, Michigan's not even a
2: tournament team, and state's behind that. them. Plus, yeah, I mean, Ohio. Ohio State and, and is like, separating
1: like, themselves from Michigan too. Like, don't get me wrong;
2: I, you know, I might be a little bit of a homer here, but they're thirteen and two, and their two losses are to the top five teams in the country. Well, and yeah. like
0: you can you can like depreciate the Kansas loss if you
1: want, but it was the right. first
2: game of the year. Yeah,
1: God, I don't I don't even know if I well. Kansas, I think, is still going to be pretty damn good, too. I mean, I yeah, know. They Kansas lost to
2: Texas. to Texas Tech, who didn't have their top two scores.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, the, I think the Kansas, Kansas Tech is a quality team, though. No, and I think that so. was a road But when
2: we, But up until that Texas Tech game, I was like, man, Kansas, the way yeah. they're playing this season and how good they like state. Big got, test for Baylor state against them tonight. Really good. To me, Michigan State is the sixth best team in the country right now. They got that good, though. They didn't start that good. Kansas started from the tip yeah. in the top three in the country, and they never slowed down. But then that Texas Tech game was like, oh, okay, maybe they're not you know, so shiny and perfect after all. But, man, that's that's baffling to me.
1: I don't get that at all. I mean, Purdue is the odds-on favorite, whereas as, as the favorite in the Big Ten amongst the Big Ten teams, I get that. You know, Illinois, I guess you could probably group them with Michigan State, but I'd have the Spartans a little bit ahead of them. But, yeah you know we don't advise anybody about gambling on this podcast nope, 1-800 right? no, gambler if you have a problem no 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 but i'm just saying if you want to put a couple of shillings on that michigan state good value. line right now good value i mean yeah outstanding i, I
2: still think there's room to grow i plenty not, i think they are like like my roommate asked me about this the other night i want to say two or three nights ago uh, where would you predict them going right now? And I said, I could see them getting to the Final Four. And he said, okay, what's the guarantee? I was like, they'll make the Sweet, Sweet, Sweet 16. 16. Yeah. They'll make the Sweet I 16. I could agree with that. That's where you're filling out your bracket and you're like, ooh, LSU, Auburn, Duke, you know, who at Texas, whoever it is, is a really good team that State might not be able to beat. Like I said, I could see them getting to the Final Four. If they want and they don't turn the ball over, they could make it to the natty. But right now, I think they're they're locked for Sweet 16. Man, I still can't believe that four thousand. Wow, that's crazy. That's the that's Wolverines, the seven and six Wolverines, four thousand.
1: I guess. God, so is that, that Michigan money is pouring into Vegas or? Something. It, it's it, all still there. Michigan from the in gambling when in football too is a very strange thing. I know Harbaugh proved us wrong a couple of times, like with Ohio State and the well, not really the Big Ten title game because we expected them to smush Iowa. But right. this is not a football podcast, so nevertheless, I digress. Anyways, we over the next week we have we all have Michigan State going two and zero against Northwestern watch and Minnesota. So watch out
2: for Northwestern.
1: Uh, you know that's watch gonna, out. What between, is the line on that? Did you put the line? I, I couldn't find a line for Michigan Let's, State. What, what's and the
2: what's the date of
1: that? The fifteenth, right? Yes, the fifteenth. I a couldn't find times? a line on my gambling services. That oh well, I if you can't find it on there, then
2: it's probably not on my ESPN dashboard. <laughs> I mean, potentially the ESPN sports book is that really a thing? I think so. Okay. Yeah, everyone be- so got they a sports don't have book. they don't have a line, but the matchup predictor says seventy eight point nine percent Michigan State. God, how about ninety
1: nine point nine according oh to Trent and I? Yeah. We, we got him rolling. Big up. win. Nevertheless, the Watch next time we the, the next time we meet up as a podcast, the the big debate is going to be what side was right: either Trent and I, the Optimist Caucus, which has returned, or the, the pessimist <laughs> corner, and that that ends call, you know, all the, by himself.
2: The big debate will be. Uh, the top ten matchup between Wisconsin and Michigan State. I think Wisconsin could be their thirteenth. USC loses. There's another. There's a few other top twenty-five matchups tonight. Oh, that could be and, a top ten matchup. And I didn't even realize this. Wisconsin plays Ohio State on January thirteenth tomorrow. Ooh, that's a big one too. So I mean, Michigan State goes two and zero. A couple teams in front of them lose. Wisconsin goes two and zero. They also have to play Northwestern. Not
1: so fast there. I love that Buckeye team. I love that. I'm, I'm just team. saying though. Jamari I'm just Wheeler. saying
2: though. There's a there's there is light at the end of the tunnel for this to be like a nine versus ten, which would be
1: dope. Yeah, especially with USC losing, right? Is, that it helps really Michigan Oaks. State's chances pretty yeah. exponentially. Nevertheless, this has been a fantastic. Coming back from break podcast. Follow along with our coverage not only on Wednesday, but also on Saturday. Wildcats on Saturday.
2: We promise not all podcasts are 95 minutes too.
1: Yeah, we're we're gonna work on this, but we just love college basketball.
2: We had a lot to catch up on. Right. We did. I mean,
1: they won't all be this long. Nevertheless, tell a friend about the podcast. You can find the Impact is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Impact89FM.org slash sports, or anywhere else. You get your podcasts. We all have Michigan State going 2-0 over the next week. We will see how that transpires. But we will indeed be back next week for another episode of Impact is Own that's not 90 minutes long. We'll work on that. But nevertheless, from Luke Sloan, Brennan Shabbat, and Trent Valley, we will see you next week.
0: This has been Impact is Own. For more, visit impact89fm.org forward slash sports.